0: Welcome back. It is the home stretch here on Silver and Black today. You are listening to us one of two ways, actually, one of three ways. One is on the bet in Las Vegas. Thanks for getting up early on the Sunday morning with us. Or you're listening to us on our Odyssey Original podcast, which we appreciate that. Make sure you subscribe and get it wherever you get your audio, or you're watching us on YouTube and you're going to hit subscription and notifications there. But this is the home stretch. We're closing out this show as we always do on Thursdays. With our mailbag. You are with Scott Branson. I'm your host, along with my co-host. That is Mr. Mo Moton. He's the national senior NFL writer over at Bleacher Report. Follow him on Twitter, M-O-E-M-O T O N. I am at L V Gully. Okay, just a couple pieces of mail today, Mo. People are watching training camps. They're getting excited. Just a this this one comes uh, to from a listener we had not heard from before. Uh, this is from Scott McDowell, and Scott McDowell is up in Canada. He didn't tell me where in Canada, eh? A- but he is up in Canada, the Great White North, or America's hat, as we call it. Um, and so want to uh, get to it. It says, okay, Scott and Mo, love your show. and Listen to every episode. I may be in the minority, but I love what Ziegler has done with most of the contracts. Last year, we bet big on players, but didn't, it didn't work out, so they had to pivot. Don't fault him. He had to go for it with a playoff team in 2021. Now we have competition at various levels of the team on cheap contracts with some of our deadweight contracts, i.e. Chandler Jones, coming off the books next year. While I agree how they handled Jacobs and not overpaying him long term, I don't like to see that we still have a 33-year-old slow Brandon Bolden at $2.8 million still on the roster. Would have been great to open that money up for Jacobs or another free agent. Also, face-on signing at 2.2 million doesn't make sense. Uh, with better options in Shelly and Long. And next actually, Brandon I got injured yesterday at camp. Um, and what do you think about significant cut and cap-saving options so we can sign a couple of these other free agents? Thanks. Keep up the work. Scott in Canada. Scott, thanks for writing to us internationally. We appreciate that. Mo, uh, he's talking about the contracts here, and he has praise for how the team has handled it. We talked about the business side of it. We understand what the Raiders are doing there. But when you look at his point about Brandon Bolden, 2.8 million, you look at face at 2.2 million um, and you start to think about what are guys we saw O.J. Howard released. You know, they're they're st- they're starting to look at guys and find out after a few few days who they like and who they don't. But what are some roster options perhaps for them as we roll through camp if they need to bring in some free agents in spots to strengthen this team?
1: And Scott, that's a good email, by the way. While, while he's in the minority, I will say that he made a point that I've made previously that I understand Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels going forward and trying to contend last year because Raiders were just coming off of a playoff year. I know some people will say it wasn't a legit playoff year because a lot of things had to happen for Raiders to get in. But nonetheless, the team did go to the playoffs. And then they went out and they got Devontae Adams. And then they went out and signed Chandler Jones. When you make those moves, you have to go for it. So I, I, I get that. And, and as I said on Twitter recently, it didn't work. So they had to pivot. So that's why we're in a rebuild period right now. So Scott is very much on point with that uh, part of his email. Well, I will answer to him and say, what can the Raiders do to clear up some space? I believe they could still restructure Colton Miller's contract and save 8800000 million. I'm looking at a lot of the deals here on over the cap, and there are, aren't a lot of cut savings out there unless you're cutting Andre James for $6.5 million. I don't think that's going to happen because it seems clear that he's going to be the starting center in the upcoming season. There were talks that maybe Dylan Parr will move over to center. It doesn't look like that's going to happen. Now things could change before week one, but he's at $6.5 million if they wanted to move on for him, just straight cut him. I think he could be a trade option simply because he's a starting center in his league, so if the Raiders wanted to, again, move Parham to the pivot, middle of that offensive line you could trade andre james for for a late round draft pick because centers don't have a lot of value the other thing you have to keep in mind is that josh jacobs 10 million is counted on over the cap so if you're looking at the raiders cap space on over the cap just understand that josh josh uh, jacobs 10 10 10.1 million is accounted for there now, if they decide to trade Josh Jacobs, and I know a lot of fans don't want to hear this, but if they do decide <laughs> to trade Josh Jacobs, that basically comes off their books for sites that are counting that to $10.1 million against the Raiders cash space this year. So that is a possibility. Now, there was a report coming out recently that the Raiders are open to resuming talks with Josh Jacobs. Maybe he gets a Saquon Barkley type deal with the Raiders offer him some incentives. Uh, we'll see if Josh Jacobs wants that type of deal, because remember, with him, it was about security, as he tweeted or set on X. So he wants the years. I don't know if a Saquon Barkley deal is going to bring him back, but it is an option. They can trade Josh Jacobs. They can move on from Andre James, and they can restructure Colton Miller's contract for $8.8 8 million. There
0: you go. See, Scott, you you asked and Mo delivered. Phenomenal. But for the we people, appreci- man. And for yeah. the people. <laughs> we appreciate, of course, uh, getting – I love when we get – not that I – don't love getting emails from everybody here in the states, but when we get the international ones, you know, you just never know who's listening, right? And and to me, that is really cool uh, as well. Uh, the other thing is, we 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 as we look at the podcast, by the way, uh, is the amount I told I texted Mo earlier today about the fact that we have such a massive number of folks who listen to the show. We know this from downloads, right? So from people who download the show and listen to it every time it comes out. Um, We have a massive following in both Los Angeles. The biggest of all of our listeners are in Los Angeles and also in the Bay Area. Of course, it's not a surprise, especially since the Raiders really aren't on the radio up there anymore. And so, so to get Raider content, you have to listen to it via podcast or, or online. And so uh, not surprising that we're there as well, of course, as Las Vegas. And guess what, Mo? And I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to give this all to you. Guess what What city, you ready? What city ranked fifth as far as the, the biggest listeners of our show?
1: New York City.
0: New York. Absolutely. There you go. So, all My people. All those ladies seeing you walking down the street as Midtown Mo—they're <laughs> downloading the show, they're they're, they're 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 loving it. But anyway, but thanks to all of you guys as we get ready for another season, we are just excited because we got through the doldrums, which is the last couple months, and now we're we're getting geared up, so we're really excited. And of course, this show you heard Baldy on, uh, and if you're on the radio, it's the first time you heard also the Fitz interview we had on Tuesday. Uh, we're gonna keep doing that and bringing you good stuff and good conversation. All right, Mo, let's get to one more piece of mail before we end the show. This is from our good friend Gary Harkin reader because it's not a show without a Gary email, uh, and he's always got good stuff. So you, you got to appreciate that. Um, and he says uh, he want he wants us he wants us to go through, and I'm I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but then I'll get to his question a little bit, which is the subordinate coaches, so position coaches. And you've mentioned a couple of them. And he said, what are their roles? What are their jobs? How do they fit in the scheme? And how much more difficult is it for players to learn the scheme? So so a couple of questions there. But number one is position coaches. You talked about a couple that are going to be, I think, under the gun on the defense when looking at the defensive backs coach, defensive line coach. When you look at some of the offensive coaches as well, even though Josh McDaniels runs the show there, when you look at those Those coaches and what they have to do with these players, um, how difficult of a job do they have when you talk about position coaches?
1: I'm not a position coach, but I would imagine it's a difficult job because you're working as a position coach. You're working directly with certain players. So you're in charge of developing their skill set, especially the young guys. So if you're Chris, Chris Ash, who's the defensive backs coach, you're working directly with the guys like Trayvon Merrick to develop their early skills with Chris Smith II, who they just drafted in the fifth round, with Jacorian Bennett, who they just drafted in the fourth round, you're in charge, basically, of their early development. So if those guys aren't developing the way they should, they're looking at the defensive backs coach. They're looking at the cornerbacks coach. Jason Simmons, as I said in our previous show, is the defensive passing game coordinator. So if the Raiders aren't good at stopping the pass or through the air and Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and Russell Wilson are all dicing them up for 300-plus yards, guess who's in trouble? That's Jason Simmons. But, of course, he has to have the the collaborative effort of also the front line. So it goes back to the defensive line coach. I think Leonard came over from uh, the Ravens and Rob, Rob Leonard, that is coming over from the Ravens to the Raiders to coach up their defensive line. Uh, he has to have his guys, the young guys generate a pass rush. Now that's hard to do right now with Byron Young, Tyree Wilson and Neil Farrell Jr. On injured list, either an NFI list or the pup list, but when you're a young player, your position coach is the go-to guy because that that coach is working directly with you in, in every helping day. develop there's, your skill set.
0: Very At, close relationship. You know,
1: right. Chandler Jones and Max Crosby, of course, are also working with them, but they're they're developed veterans, they're established vets. They pretty much know what they're doing. They can always learn and expand their game and learn new things. But for a position coach, the young development of that young talent is super important. If those guys don't develop, that's when those position coaches get in trouble.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, there you go, Gary. Thank you for your question. We <laughs> do have one more, and it is another international question, Mo. Can you believe this? This time, like Daniel Daniel Kal- Excuse me, Kaliswitz. I'm going to get it right. I think it's a Polish name. He's in Germany though, uh, so if I butchered your name, Daniel, I apologize. Uh, just send me a note with a phonetic spelling, and I promise I will correct it. But he says, hey, guys, it's me again. First, thanks for picking up my question. Uh, I really appreciate and enjoy your show every week. And it's so much more balanced, focusing on content facts and quality, including food talk. Now, he didn't say quality food talk. <laughs> he just said food talk. Uh, keep Keep doing it. My question, of course, nobody is perfect. But as McDaniels and Ziegler obviously acknowledged that a rebuild is necessary, what would you say was their biggest mistake so far, if any? The way Carr was released, certain draft picks, free agents, or something scheme related. Maybe hiring Patrick Graham. Looking forward to your thoughts. Best regards from Germany, Daniel. Daniel, thank you for the question. Um, and Mo, I think you know, there's a lot we, we talked about the the extension. I I thought the biggest the biggest mistake from a from a contract situation last year was actually not Derek Carr. Right? They had an easy out with him. With the way they handled it at the end, we could debate about. But I thought it was the Darren Waller contract. You and I, last July, were talking about how they shouldn't do anything with Darren Waller for another year to see how he pans out. And what did they do? They gave him a contract, and then they ended up trading him late, and they don't get uh, as much in return as they probably could have. So to me, that was one of the biggest mistakes. But as we mentioned earlier, talking uh, to, to Jose in the last segment, about the fact that you know they thought they were on the cusp of being another playoff team again. So they went all in. But I I think it's the Waller contract. You have coaching. We could go on and on about coaching. We'll talk about it at some point before the season starts. But to me, that was the biggest player personnel issue.
1: I have to say it's a Derek Carr contract situation. So, because I understand they would, they, there was a give and take with this contract. If they had, it, not that they had to give them no contract clause, no trade clause, but I'm sure in negotiations, Derek says, "Look, I, you know, I've been in trade room in the trade room real for the past few years. Give me a no trade clause so that it will put all that to bed." And I'm sure that was part of the discussions. But anytime you have to just outright cut a quarterback and not get anything for it, that's a disaster. <laughs> I'm sorry, and I know Ross Tucker said it a week ago, and people were, you know, kind of pushed back on Ross Tucker about what he said about the Raiders and their handling of contracts. Mm-hmm. But there's no way you cut a starting quarterback in this league. No matter how you feel about Derek Carr, how good or how bad he is, he is a starter in this league, and starting quarterbacks have value. And you're telling me that you couldn't get anything but cap space for a quarterback that, you know, in in the athletic, he was ranked 14th, right? A quarterback 14. like that, you should be able to get at least. Yeah, you should. Be, you should be able to get at least a second round pick for a quarterback of that caliber. And for them to have to cut him because they gave him no track, no trade clause, and then he signs with the Saints after meeting with them, it just to me, it's just a kick in the midsection. That's fair. It's like you, 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 just can't, you just can't let a quarterback just walk. I know you get the cap space back, but you got to get a draft pick for your starting quarterback, and he didn't do that.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I also think that. They, they, it, it's sort of like had the biggest buyer remorse in, in Raider history, right? Which is they came in, they, they felt they were closer to being a playoff team. They could have done something last off the last off season, right? They could have moved him to your point about for a draft pick at some point um, and, and had an opportunity to do that, even though he just had that year left on his contract without the extension, but they could have done a sign and trade or something like that. So, so I buy that. I get that. I just think the Waller thing too. I mean, yes, quarterback in listening to your argument for that one, it's hard to argue against it because it is the most valuable position on the field. So, so there you go, Daniel. I hope that that helped you uh, as well. So there you go. <laughs> Another mailbag segment ends with Mo dropping some knowledge, which I love and appreciate, of course, as always. And we appreciate all of you guys for being with us. And again, if you want to be part of the mailbag show, just uh, type in your email, mail at silver That's mail at silver send it to us and we will get it on there. You can also share it with us on Twitter and uh, on the YouTube channel. You can leave it in the comments. We will find it there as well amongst all the other kind of crazy stuff that is put on YouTube because YouTube comments are special along with some (laughs) tweets, but they're they're funny.
1: Um, I was going to say, or you could just slide your questions into my DMS. I, 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 you know, if you want to slide anything else in there, just be mindful that I may or may not respond to it, but, I'll I'll answer. I'll say, look, we'll take your question on the show. Everything else stays between you and me. (laughs) All right. Just putting it out there. Everything else that you send in DMs doesn't make it to the show. Just the question. Anything else you want to say in there? Just between you and me, you and I.
0: Yeah. Just don't try to make any weird bets. In the DMs or anything like that, that would not be good.
1: Oh, my we got we got to keep.
0: We go. We got to keep. No, we got to keep <laughs> it clean, right? I mean, Mo is a Mo is an upstanding young gentleman. So if you're gonna send him, if you're interested in Mo, it's okay. Just send him a nice note, and then you can connect, but you don't have to send anything crazy. All right, like that time Cardi B sent him a picture. I don't even want to talk about it cause she doesn't actually Scott, sing. You did her- you
1: see this? Did you see what happened with her in Vegas? I, I didn't.
0: Oh, he did. So, she's I did. Stage. Actually,
1: she threw a mic. She threw a mic, right? She threw
0: a mic. She's on on stage and they're calling for people to throw water at her. So people throw water at her and then she gets mad cuz somebody hit her in the face, I guess. And then she threw their microphone at him. But then she threw her microphone at him and she was still singing. <laughs> so she was obviously playing yeah. to a
1: loop. Yep. So
0: that's the world we live in today. <laughs>
1: By the way, Cardi B is from the Bronx, so what yes. type of reaction you're gonna get from a Bronx woman? I see,
0: I linked it. That's what I. That's why I said because she's in your DMs. You guys are in the same spot. Boy, oh boy! Avocado smoothie with Cardi B and Momotin. Would that not be a great? I think show?
1: that. Would, I think that show. That, see, we're thinking the same thing. That would be a great show, Cardi B. If you're listening to the show for whatever reason, I don't know why you would be, but if you are, <laughs> you and me avocado smoothie. We can talk about it. It will do. Big numbers.
0: Yes. There you go. All right. Well, Mo, uh, we will talk to you again on Tuesday, if not before. Also, uh, as you know, we introduced on Wednesday uh, the Silver and Black Blitz. That's right. We're doing a little more content. It's me the first couple times you heard me yesterday. Now you're going to hear me tomorrow doing another quick little daily thing and then sometimes mo do when mo's got the time and he feels that he's like got something to say he will also do a silver and black blitz which is basically just a short show like a 10 minute type show that we do but we want to give you more content because you know we just we see how well the show's doing it's all because of you so we feel obligated to do that and plus we got a lot to say and it doesn't always necessarily take the hour we use for the long form show so i'm excited about that And uh, that'll be something fun for the season as we move up. And so you might hear from Mo before Tuesday. Who knows? If not, we'll be back Tuesday. Mo, what do you got coming up on bleacher report and sports? Not uh, the remainder of the week.
1: Bleacher report. I'll be covering training camp notes. If anything happens, the Raiders had their first padded practice on Tuesday. So when the pads go on you know there are some chippiness as jose mentioned max crosby <laughs> and jimmy garoppolo got into it so i'm sure if, if there's a fight that breaks out i'll be covering that and over on sports not i'll i'll leave it up to surprise i like to surprise Ooh. the people when it comes to my sports not columns because sometimes i come up with something i just have an epiphany in the middle of the day and i go you know what someone <laughs> someone had something to say on twitter i'm gonna turn that into a column so a lot of you fans out there who respond to me on twitter just know that it could turn into a column so i want to thank the people out there feed me content for sportsnot.com.
0: You know, and that's, it's so true though, because I had that too with the social media thing that I talked about from, from Raider Ramble, which was, I had an interaction with somebody It just triggered a point with me like, this is just like arguing about politics. Mm-hmm. So uh, absolutely. So I look forward to that. Make sure you follow Mo M O E M O T O N on Twitter. I am at LV Gully. The show is SNB today. Special thanks as always to our crack producer. No, he's not on crack. He's crack producer. That means good. Like he can do anything. Okay, come on, Mo. I saw your eyebrows go. Clarify that. But that's what I say. He's not. uh, But anyway, Mike Robbie is a great dude. And before Mo starts derailing more of my jokes, I'm going to get off the air, (laughs) so we don't get any trouble. Mike's not
1: on crack, by the way. Just saying. He's
0: not on crack. No, he's a crack producer. That doesn't mean he sells crack either. By the way, no, he's a crack producer. (laughs) Anyway, Mike Robbie is a master producer. There we go. Can't get in trouble with that, hopefully. Uh, Anyway, but thanks to him. Thanks to all of you for being with us. For Momotin, I am Scott and This has been Silver and Black Today. We will talk to you next time. Take care.